Hello, hello, and welcome to Sustainability Explored, a podcast where we make complicated concepts easy and understandable, where buzzwords like sustainability, climate change, environment, green economy, circular economy, climate justice, and so on, start making sense, where we approach the professional field with love, care, and most importantly, interest. Last time, less than two weeks ago, I recorded my 10th episode, celebrating sort of a first milestone here, after a more than two months break. And gosh, it makes my heart sing to see the number of plays grow every day and to see the new listeners engaging and reaching out to me with questions and comments. Thank you all so much for your interest and for sharing this journey with me. And today, we're in for a real treat. For the first time in the history of this podcast, we're having a guest. Last week's episode was about the model of the green office. I shared some ideas about the concept broadly and mentioned the NGO, a social business called Rootability, which helps spread the model of a green office in the universities across Europe. Our guest today is Tim Strasser a social entrepreneur, workshop facilitator, network weaver at Rootability. His work is to support student-led change for sustainability at universities across Europe. How are you today, Tom? Tim, sorry. <laughs> Happens to uh, me. Uh, <laughs> no I'm doing great. Um, how are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for coming. Since I get asked a lot uh, the following question, I would like you also to start with it. Uh, tell us a little bit how you started your career in sustainability. Well, it started for me um, during my time at university, um, which is also why I'm still um, so passionate about this topic. Basically, I was very disoriented when I started my studies in Maastricht in the Netherlands. Um, I did a liberal arts degree, which means you can study anything you like and uh, tailor your program according to your interests from all sorts of disciplines. And uh, I felt quite lost. I didn't really know what I wanted and um, just did little bits and pieces here of different courses that seemed interesting. And I was very happy and lucky to end up Uh, as part of a very uh, inspiring and active student group um, called the Student Workforce for Sustainability and Development. And um, it was a really, really cool group. And we met every week in a, um, in a squatted factory, uh, so an occupied building. And uh, there was a lot of sort of alternative uh, things happening there. And it was a kind of hotspot or hub for um, or kind of alternative um groups and projects to get started and um yeah that really inspired me a lot um this kind of peer group of people very passionate and active in sustainability and civic activism and so on so i know that the green office for academia was born also in the maastricht university where you studied is this where you met the co-founders of rootability What brought you to Rootability, basically? Yes, indeed, it was um, Rootability. You were, all the people in Rootability were my um, co-study uh, like mates at university. Uh, and a few of them were also part of this uh, student group that I mentioned, the student workforce. And uh, the, we launched the Green Office uh, as an initiative 
in Maastricht actually as part of the student workforce. So that was kind of the, the base of the whole Green Office movement back in 2010. And uh, Rootability was then set up by some of the uh, co-founders or early, early members of the first Green Office in Maastricht in 2012 to help spread and um, scale the Green Office model internationally. That's very interesting. So since Maastricht, where did it go to? Well, we have uh, 40, 40 universities um, around and a couple of uh, universities beyond Europe that have adopted the Green Office model by now. Um, so that's mainly universities in the Netherlands, uh, in Germany and in Belgium. Uh, there's a couple in uh, Italy and Sweden uh, in, in the UK, this one, and um, uh, one in Russia, actually, in, in Belarus, wow. white Russia. Oh. Mm -hmm. And there's, uh, the first one's now outside of, green, outside of Europe in Costa Rica and wow. in uh, Uganda, actually. So how, since when are you engaged in uh, Rootability's activities? Because nine years that you say, uh, from 2010, correct? Yes. Um, and you were there since the very beginning? I was there since the beginning of the Green Office in Maastricht. And um, I helped a little bit with the, the initial idea forming. And uh, other people were more active in actually launching the Green Office. I came back uh, after it was then already established to actually work at the Green Office. And some of my friends started Rootability and then I also joined a bit later in uh, actually being a member of Rootability in 2014. Mm -hmm. And actually, just to uh, just to get the facts straight, uh, at this moment, Rootability is actually not active anymore as an organization. But um, oh. my role as the Green Office Movement Coordinator has now been passed on from Rootability to another organization, which is just uh, getting started now. So I forgive you for the... Um, <laughs> actual incorrectness there because uh, that just happens or is in the process of happening basically okay the organization is called the uh, sos students organizing for sustainability i think it's a very appropriate mm -hmm. acronym given the urgency of our times SOS. absolutely and yeah basically the green office movement continues it's just that uh, rootability was the main steward or catalyst uh, to spread the green office model internationally, support existing green offices and connect them as an international network. And this role now of spreading, supporting and connecting green offices has now been passed on to uh, SOS, um, which is an international association uh, based on membership um, that aims to uh, replicate um, very successful programs and uh, models like the Green Office um, around the world. Um, so it's actually quite a fitting next step in the evolution of the Green Office movement. And we hope that this will enable much more capacity, uh, funding possibilities and uh, connections with other success programs that are already happening in different parts of the world. So basically the name changed by the, but the model of the Green Office keeps on living and being spread right yeah well the name the green office movement is still the green office movement it's just that the organization who was so far behind the, the green office movement as a steward as a um, catalyst is uh, not rootability anymore but um, sos 
Okay. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, and it's a bit confusing sometimes. So we had, there's the green, the individual green offices at specific universities of which there's 40 now. Then there was Rootsability as a social enterprise supporting the green offices and the green office movements is then uh, the international network of individual green offices um, the green office coordination role, which I'm fulfilling. There's also a green office coordinator in a national network in the Netherlands, focusing on supporting Dutch green offices. And we also have uh, other partner networks uh, around Europe, uh, like Netzwerk and in Germany and um, an association in Switzerland, VSN and um, Oikos International um, and mm -hmm. in France, so yeah, it's quite an internationally diverse movement. Interesting. And nevertheless, I wanted to mention that forty universities um, to be engaged in the in the whole process within nine years—that's quite an achievement, despite the change of the name. But how does it work? How do you distribute the model? How Maybe how did it start and how does it work? What's the process now? Do you approach the universities? Do they reach out to you? What's what's basically the, the process? Yeah, basically we uh, um, made all the knowledge uh, that you need to get started with a green office um, freely available online. Uh, so on the website, www.greenofficemovement.com Dot com. Um, you can find an online course that's, that guides you uh, through four steps in initiating a green office. So forming a team together with other students and ideally also staff members who are um, interested in applying the model in your university, uh, coming up with arguments of why a green office would fit in your local context and how it can be adapted to uh, your, your context. Um, and then convincing uh, decision makers with a funding proposal of to actually offer you a budget and formally um, give you the legitimacy to operate as a, as a green office. And okay. A blog with various uh, supporting resources and um, also a movement membership. Uh, so once once you're active as a green office initiative or established as a as a, as a proper green office. Uh, you can join the movement membership and that means they can join like online calls to connect and learn from uh, other green offices and we have uh, various resources um, to support people templates and um, facebook group so there's yeah a kind of online community for people to support each other um, is it free so, yeah, well, basically, the uh, as I said, the online course and all the materials on our website, they're freely accessible. And um, also the movement membership is uh, is f uh, free to join uh, for green office initiatives or established green offices. Yet we do encourage those who have uh, those established green offices, which um, have funding from the university to uh, pay an annual um, financial contribution to enable um, mainly me as the as the movement coordinator to organize uh, those channels um, for green offices to connect and learn from each other. Okay, we are talking about green office in the academia, but how, according to you, it can be different from the green offices uh, model implementation establishment of the green office in the companies, in the organizations? Is there any particular striking difference? 
Um, well, first of all, I think it's probably important to uh, um, look at if if a if a company has a green office, um, then usually it's more about actually greening office spaces, and um, this is not what the green office is about uh, when we're talking about the green office. Um, so the green office in the context of universities is about institutionalizing embedding sustainability in all uh, domains of the university uh, through combining the bottom-up activities of uh, students and staff members with the top-down support of university decision-makers. And um, basically the Green Office then acts as a catalyst uh, to promote sustainability in all aspects of the university, in research and education, in the operations uh, the governance and the community engagement, as well as the connection with um, the community beyond the university. And uh, there, there might be similar models in uh, some companies. Um, I'm not aware of any of them that's uh, actually called Green Office. Um, the yeah. WWF Finland is one of the catalysts of the Green Offices for, for the companies. Right. Um, yeah, I still have to have a closer look at that one, actually. Um, but you're right. I also get to hear that a lot, that when I mention green office, people are like, is it all painted in green? Or does it mean there are only flowers in there or trees? Well, no, that's much more um, deeper as a concept than just turning off the lights or printing on double-sided paper and so on. But it's very nice to hear that um, green office at the universities also engages like learning uh, opportunities, opens up learning opportunities for the students and um, kind of changes probably even their mentality towards sustainability. Yeah, exactly. So uh, um, the educational aspect of green office is definitely one of the key components um, so on the one hand, a lot of the uh, activities that green offices uh, organize are about raising awareness among the student population as well as uh, staff members uh, on the urgency of sustainability um, and w what possibilities there are to get active in terms of personal behavior and lifestyle changes to um, career choices and um, uh, master programs. Uh, research projects um, and uh, they also focus on changes in the curriculum within the university so that sustainability becomes a topic in all kinds of disciplines uh, because we basically need uh, graduates, students who uh, graduate wow. from university to go into careers and promote, uh, become part of the solution of a um, sustainability transition um, yeah, in all domains, whether you are into into law or into uh, entrepreneurship or science and chemistry, you know, all these different aspects are needed to um, transform society in all these different domains. And um, so this is one aspect of changing the curriculum within the university. But then also the Green Office in itself is a kind of an educational uh, program, if not a leadership development program because the students who are working at the green office or volunteering with projects the green office is doing 
um, get very hands-on experience in actually working on sustainability, organizing projects, working together as a team, working with other stakeholders, um, and really going beyond the formal classroom learning of just learning theory and facts to really uh, um, having an impact with the projects that you organize. And most of the people who have talked to who used to work at a green office and have moved on now, they always emphasize how much of a learning experience they've had by being active in a green office and how much more they, all the skills they gained there um, were more valuable to some of them than their entire study program. Um, wow. That, that's really valuable for them and for you also to know how much you changed their lives. I know that you are currently involved in the PhD program. Do you feel um, in your involvement, your engagement in, the, in this green office movement helps you somehow uh, or integrates somehow in your um, study um, findings, research findings? Does it, did it change your life? Definitely. I mean, um, the Green Office um, movement is also one of my case studies, actually, for my PhD research. And um, looking at, you know, how these kind of um, basically networks of social innovation initiatives. So you could say the Green Office is a social innovation, um, basically inventing a new way, a new way of re uh, relating a new organizational model for universities, um, a new way of connecting students with uh, staff and empowering students as change makers. But you can also look at other social innovations like eco-villages or transition towns, time banks, um, uh, fabrication labs and uh, slow food. You know, all, there's basically examples of social innovation in all kinds of fields in society. And the Green Office movement is just an example that I'm looking at where I'm involved in myself, but I'm also looking at another movement, the eco-village movements and the transition town movement and how these kind of networks can become really transformative in terms of um, actually radically changing society in the long run and what the role is of network leadership. So people who are su uh, supporting the development of those networks um, like I am, uh, but also um people at various levels of such networks, even like a green office who is very active in coordinating uh, activities with other green offices, organizing meetings and so on. They're also acting as network leaders and how these kind of Thank very you. engaged people in these networks can support the conditions for these movements to really become transformative. That's really cool. How could you share some success stories or some curious cases that you are that you remember that are on top of your mind of the green office implementation? Might be in in the Netherlands, uh, in the European Union, or elsewhere. Like you mentioned Uganda, Belarus. That's super exciting. Yeah, basically um, one of the projects that um, is one of my personal favorites because it really just combines all the domains of the university that we were talking about is the living lab. Um, so the name can sometimes be a bit confusing because it means a lot of different things to different people, but basically how it works in the context of what green offices do is that um, they look at which kind of um, courses in the curriculum offer research um, opportuni opportunities for students 
where basically uh, um, students need to do a course project individually, uh, like a thesis or um, as part of a p particular course, maybe a quantitative assessment or doing interviews uh, as a group project, um, perhaps. And then looking at uh, questions that um, stakeholders in the university or in the community around the university have around um, how to improve their sustainability performance. Um, so, for instance, somebody in the university, one of the staff members wants to uh, improve the uh, vegetarian or vegan options in the cafeteria. Um, and then that could be a project that students work on as part of their curriculum by doing research on, you know, which sort of options are actually the most sustainable one and how can we um, incentivize people to uh, choose more of those vegetarian and vegan options. Um and then the solution, the solutions developed in those research projects actually get implemented in practice. So this is a really nice example of so how super super applied combines the research, the education, and the operational dimensions as well as the community um, engagement. But yeah, other cool projects, for instance, are like uh, wow. setting and up an urban garden where is it or um, like setting up a an urban garden on the campus or uh, organizing an own course where students can uh, just self-organize their own learning experience and how they want they want to learn about sustainability um a lot of green office organize like an annual sustainability week um where basically all existing sustainability groups are being profiled and made visible and connecting to each other um to really make it a very fun and vibrant experience for all students and get to know what are the opportunities for getting active on sustainability. Um, yeah. Where is this living lab implemented? At which university? Yeah, the living lab is uh, at Utrecht University. They've done a really great job there. Um, Maastricht University uh, started with it. I was actually the one setting it up back then. I'm not sure how active it is currently. Um, in Ghent, they're also doing one in Belgium and in Wageningen, um, also in the Netherlands. And uh, I think a few more are wanting to set one up. But those are the ones that are most active on that front. Mm -hmm. And what is the, is there any like um, um, the concept of the green office? Does it ever have any complete look? how much time does it take to set it up and to say, yes, I have went through the whole process of green office implementation and now it's done uh, properly and correctly. Is there at all any timeline or and a process, let's say, that is, I, I understand it's flexible and transformative um, and so on, but can we say, okay, if you want to start with green office, you should have that much time at your disposal um yeah well it, it does depend quite a lot on the local university context how long it takes to really get it started um in some cases it's uh, went as fast as uh, half a year um where there was already a staff member responsible for sustainability and um uh, she really liked the idea and she just started she just handed in like a one page proposal to the um, to the university board um, they granted the proposal and then she could hire a, a team of students um, in other cases it takes uh, one year or two years even 
um, where it requires a little bit more of um, convincing. Uh, maybe there's less staff who are really uh, um, active already on sustainability and uh, a student group first needs to um, find out what exactly is already happening on campus, um, which sort of student groups are active, which are the kind of uh, active staff members or influential staff members who they can get on board to strengthen their case. Um, what are the existing uh, sustainability policies? Uh, you know, does the university already have uh, a vision or any governance uh, like strategies or policies around sustainability? And how, to what extent are those implemented? So there's there's a few steps involved in really getting a good picture on what's already going on at the university, where are the gaps, and how could the Green Office um, basically fill those gaps and um, make sure that there's much more happening on sustainability and really convince the key persons who are going to make the decisions on uh, offering funds to the Green Office. And that is also very much dependent on the local context. Idea, in the ideal case, the, the budget for the Green Office um, comes directly from the executive board. So it's really uh, the legitimacy comes with the money. And uh, when that comes from the center, from or the, for, the, for the top, so to say, the executive board, then the Green Office has really the most institutional support. But sometimes it comes from a particular faculty um, or from the... Uh, student services or um, facility services um, or from the educational quality department. Um, sometimes it's a mix of uh, funding from the university itself as well as um, from the state or from external externally funded projects. But uh, usually most of the funding ideally comes from the university itself and as centrally as possible. Okay, I could talk to you hours and hours to an end, but since we agreed this um, interview to be short, to be not more than 20 minutes, and we have already uh, passed over time a little bit, one last question. Could you give the listeners one advice, um, what to start with? To those who are just starting, what would be their first step? Well, I would just re-emphasize to check out the, the online course. You know, we put a lot of effort into making it very interactive and um, putting all the essential information on there. And it's a really nice kind of uh, almost gamified uh, online course. So you can click yourself through it and there's like characters that you can interact with. And um, it really shows you in a very interactive and fun way all that you need to know. Um, but to already give you a bit of a heads up, I would say, um, you know, believe that it's possible uh, is one key thing. It can be quite a daunting task to think of, wow, I'm going to set up a green office at my university. Just know that a lot of people have done it successfully already, even though it maybe takes a couple of years uh, or that you might have faced a lot of challenges and people might not support the idea at first or say that it's not possible or that there's no funding. But, you know, don't give up. Um, believe in yourself find other people around you um, that can be just a small team of uh, three or four students, ideally uh, some staff member who supports you and can point you to other people to get support with and, you know, just take it step by step as uh, outlined in the course. And um, 
get in, get in touch with uh, with me you know um or we also have some other people who are still um involved as volunteers from rootability to offer support in the starting phase that's a very philosophical advice believe in yourself seek support and and it will happen green office will be established at your university thank you very much team for joining us today to be our first guest uh, at the podcast called Sustainability Explored. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, for all the rest, stay tuned. Uh, team, great pleasure having you here tonight. All right, thanks for having me. Thank you. And everyone out there, good luck with starting a green office and get with, in touch with me. If you do, we'll put you on the map. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye-bye.